0: Hey Bulls Nation, welcome back to another episode of the the Rebuildable Podcast. As always, I'm your host Matt Gentile. And since our last episode, the Chicago Bulls have started their regular season and they have surged out of the gate at 6-3. They have a contest tonight against the Brooklyn Nets at home. It'll be a lot of fun to see how they stack up against one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. And there's been a lot to take away in these first nine games. And I'm excited to, to talk about it all with our guest today, Katie Duffy. But before she joins me, let me quickly surmise just my thoughts through these first nine games to start the season. Let me just start off by saying, for the first time in a while, I actually feel emotionally invested in these games. You might be asking yourself, Matt, you're a Bulls podcaster. What the hell are you talking about? You should always be emotionally invested in these games. But you got to understand, the last few years, we've been talking about player development and seeing these number seven picks and analyzing where they're at in terms of their ceilings. And we were doing that while we kind of had this unknown front office. There was a lot of evaluation. Now it's different. In each of these games, I feel a level of emotional investment more than I have in years where it feels like each game, something's at stake. Especially these last three games against Boston and the two contests against the Sixers. Because there's something on the line against these teams. You know, Boston, Philadelphia, these are teams that are going to be in the playoff race with the Chicago Bulls. And these games do matter, right? When it comes down to seeding and tiebreakers, these head-to-heads matter. Because you have to do well against... Teams that are in your conference. So the game against Boston, seeing them down and charging back to take the lead and win that game pretty decisively with defensive effort from their second unit. You know, we've seen guys like Alex Caruso step up, Tony Bradley step up, Derek Jones Jr. step up, the rookie Io DeSumo, uh, Javante Green in spot step up. It's, it's been fun to see these guys off the bench playing so well especially on the defensive end of the floor. And then, of course, guys like DeMar DeRozan showing he's worth the investment that the Bulls made in him. It's nice to have another shot creator, isn't it? It's pretty great to see somebody opposite Zach Levine, that you don't have to always rely on Zach Levine in the fourth quarter, that you can give the ball to somebody like DeMar DeRozan and let him do his thing in the mid-range game. Now, there are concerns, though, and they're valid. These last two games against the Philadelphia 76ers, they were rough to watch. You know, that first game against Philly, it was a similar story to Boston. They charge back, but Philly's role players take over. They win that game. This performance this past Saturday, I think, really raised a lot of concerns, especially around bowl center Nikola Vucevic. You know, Nikola Vucevic is somebody that I've been all in on. I said when they made the trade with Orlando, that I was for it, even with the draft capital given up, with Wendell Carter going in the trade, I was all for it. Adding an all-star caliber player to the roster, I'm always for that. But he has struggled. You know, his shooting percentage is at the lowest it's ever been in his career. Now, again, it's only the first nine games of the season. A lot can change from now to even next week. The numbers can be totally different. His stat line could be totally different. I will throw this at you, though, Bulls Nation. Keep this in mind. He is adjusting to a new role. In Orlando, he was the man. On these bad and mediocre teams, he was the man. He was the go-to guy. He gets here to Chicago at the trade deadline. He's number two. And for actually most of that stretch, though, he really was almost like 1A because Zach was out. So he comes here. He's the man scoring-wise. You know Now he's got to adjust, though, to being in a different role on a much better team. I'll give you a comp. It's not a total apples-to-apples to apples comp. But think about Kevin Love when he was with the Cleveland Cavaliers, right? Comes from Minnesota, bad, mediocre team, and he's the man putting up gaudy numbers, right? Comes to Cleveland, and he's got to fit into this new role, He's got to be the third wheel behind LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. And that's what Nikola Vucevic is adjusting to. He's got to take a back seat to Zach and DeMar. Now, you don't want to see him missing wide open shots. We've seen him miss wide open threes, wide open bunnies right at the rim, and he's got to get better at that. But I think some of this is going to take some time. And I do think he will eventually come around. Is he going to have gaudy numbers? He's going to be put on, putting up 25 and. And 12 every night? No, but I think he will become much more efficient as he starts to get better adjusted to his role. I also think, you know, there's some things that have to kind of change with the way the Bulls are doing things in the half court. It's kind of been erratic. Alex Caruso's in the game. We see him handling the ball a lot. I don't know if that's a job he should have. I'd like to see maybe more DeMar DeRozan handling the ball in the half court. But it is obvious that there's got to be some adjustment because I think some of that is throwing things out of rhythm for a guy like Nikola Vucevic. But again, nine games in, six and three, and it feels nice to actually feel invested in these games. It's nice to actually feel a little pissed off coming out of a loss. I haven't felt that in a long time. On Saturday night, I actually felt upset and pissed off After that loss to the Sixers, because I know there's something at stake. And I know that those games are important for where we want to see this Bulls team go this year. So let's talk a little bit more about this. We, of course, have a guest today, Katie Duffy from NBC Sports Chicago. She's been on this podcast three or four times before. She's one of my favorite guests to have on. So let's bring her in to talk about the Chicago Bulls right now. Katie, how's it going? Welcome back.
1: good. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Always fun to be on. Um, definitely always fun to be on when the Bulls are winning. So that's even better.
0: Uh, it's the first time in in my podcast history that the Bulls are actually posting a winning record and are a fun product to watch. So, yes, it is very exciting. This
1: has got to be some kind of like payoff for you. Like, you've been in the trenches, and now you get to actually talk about fun stuff.
0: yeah, that's what I said when I had the episode to kick off the season that, For everybody that's been a content creator or just a fan in Bulls Nation, like, this is the payoff of going through a rebuild and having this reorganization in the front office. So, yeah, it it is kind of a payoff, and it's just, it's a feeling I haven't had probably since the Derrick Rose era, or, you know, Jimmy Butler era of of Bulls basketball, so it's a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, I want to get your thoughts just on the start to the season, because, There's been a lot of great things to highlight and then a couple of just oddities here and there. So what are your thoughts on the six and three start from the Bulls?
1: Honestly, like I know we're going to talk about some of the stuff that they still need to improve on. But just the fact that I am looking forward to watching these games is genuinely like all I care about sometimes. You know, like I sit down on my couch and I'm like, oh, my gosh, the Bulls are playing tonight. Like, that's awesome. Like I get to actually watch something fun and i think like we've just had such bad play for so long just being able to watch a game and actually enjoy it is so new to all of us that some of the issues are just kind of falling by the wayside so i don't know for me personally i'm just happy i'm i'm just happy that i can like actually be proud to watch this team now and like i find myself like wearing my bulls hat more often just cuz like i want people to ask me about it now like i want to talk about it whereas before i was like yeah please don't look at me um i am not a fan i don't claim them so it's just, it's been
0: fun, man. Yeah, well, I'm doing that with Bear stuff lately. Wait, wait. I don't wear that out. <laughs> unless, unless it's Justin Fields branded, I don't want to, you know, start stuff. But like you said, I'm feeling that way. I was just saying this before you hopped on, that the feeling I get is like there's something at stake with each game now. For where we want the Bulls to go, like get into the playoff picture and everything, these games against teams like the Sixers and Celtics, they matter now. We're like... The last three years, we had to look at everything from like a bird's eye view. And now it's like each of these games actually you know, has something at stake in them.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's nice. Like, It's also like when we get down to the nitty gritty in a game and it's like the game is on the line. I almost have confidence in them winning it, which is weird. And that's like a weird feeling for us, I think. Um, but like they do matter. And like even when we play Eastern Conference teams, I'm watching. I'm like, OK, how do we stack up against them? Because if we face them in the playoffs, like I want to know what's going to happen. Whereas last season, I was like, I don't really care what we look like against the 76ers because we're not going to face them anyway. So it's it's just nice that like it's nice that we all give a crap about it now. Yeah. Um, and it's nice to have some confidence in them, too.
0: I think there was like almost a level, maybe not as much last year because we knew some changes were starting to come but 2018 2019 there was almost like apathy was setting in and you were just like well okay i just want to see how zach does i just want to see how larry does you know how does wendell do and you're right like these games now you're looking to see how do they match up against some of these better teams it's like tonight's game against brooklyn like i'm super excited to watch that i mean i'm gonna have monday night football on but it might be on screen number two you know, screen number one might be the Chicago Bulls tonight for sure because I want to know how do they how do they play against a team like Brooklyn. It's, it's just it's awesome to be in this spot because you're right. It was pretty crappy the last couple of years, and it was bad basketball the last couple of years. We we're actually watching a team that can come back and has a shot to win in these games.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I think Chicago just has a different energy when the Bulls are good, right? Mm. Like when the Bears, I, I think back to 2018 when the Bears were good. And it was just like, holy crap. Like every time you walk out of your house on a Sunday, there was just like this feeling. And I think maybe not to that exact same level, but we are getting there with the Bulls. Like this city is excited for them again. And it's kind of the same, you know, now with the Bears, like you were saying, you don't really wear Bear stuff unless it's Justin Fields branded. I think that's how a lot of us felt with the Bulls and Zach for the past, like, two yeah. seasons. So it's nice that it's coming full circle. It's nice that, like, we have confidence in them. And honestly, I feel good for Zach, too. Like, that that kid, he's been through so much. I'm so glad that he gets to, like, win games now, too.
0: And one of the games that I watched was this past Saturday. And it kind of felt nice to be pissed off. It felt great to watch a game see them surge back and then lose because all these role players for the Sixers get hot and you're watching Vooch struggle. And it just felt good to be pissed. I know that sounds weird, but it felt good to be pissed. Like, uh,
1: Yeah. That is a, a weird, like kind of conundrum, but I'm with you there. Yeah. It feels good to, to walk away and say like, they should have won
0: that. Mm-hmm. And you know, the storyline that's coming out of that game. And we talked a little bit about it offline is with Nikola Vucevic that, He's just been going through these unprecedented struggles right now. He's shooting 38% from the field, around 26% from three point range, career lows. What are just your thoughts on Vucevic's struggles to start the season? Are you surprised?
1: I am surprised. I honestly, like, this is something that I've been talking about a lot, and this is something that I've been thinking about a lot. And, like, I'm surprised, but I think he's never had players like he has now. So it's an unprecedented struggles, but it's also an unprecedented situation. Like, I can't think of any players that he's played with in the past that match Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. Because his history is what, like, Mo Bamba, Terrence Ross, Tobias Harris, like, before Tobias Harris was who he is now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, yeah, it's, it's not normal for him to be looking like this, but it's also not normal for him to have a team the way he does now around him um but i just i don't know you look at his shooting numbers from this season to last season and it's like i i understand you're gonna see a points dip and things like that but you know the shooting percentage i'm not sure why we're seeing that dip maybe it's just a confidence level for me that's the most alarming thing that's happening um because like points dip you know whatever i don't really care you have to share the ball now i completely get it but the shooting percentage is really concerning to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you weren't expecting inefficiency from from Vucevic. And it, it is interesting because some of the shots he's missing are wide open. Like wide open looks from three, those bunnies right by the rim. I've been surprised to see that. I, I think it's, it speaks to what you said about a confidence issue. And I actually said this before you hopped on to the listeners that uh, it's not an apples-to-apples comparison. I want to get your thoughts on this. But do you remember when Kevin Love went from Minnesota to Cleveland and how it took a while for him to adjust. Now, I get it. Like, Kevin Love, maybe on a little bit of a different stratosphere than than Nikola Vucevic, but kind of similar situation. You go from a crappy to mediocre team, and you find yourself on a much better team, and you now have to play the third wheel when you were the guy. Um, And even when he got here to Chicago, you know, for most of that stretch, Zach was out, and he was – getting most of the load scoring-wise. Yeah,
1: I really like that comparison, actually. Like, that's a good way to describe it because, I mean, obviously, like, with Kevin Love, too, he was playing with with different caliber players as well once LeBron came in and um, Kyrie Irving as well. But it is, like, that. that is very similar to, I think, what's happening. Like, Vooch just really is not used to this. Um, And it's going to take time. And I think, like, we're still very heartened by seeing the way Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan are gelling with each other um but yeah i mean vooch just he's got i I don't know for me personally he's got to figure it out fast um Mm -hmm. and i know this is a horrible comparison because of where wendell carter jr is playing now but like i was watching wendell carter jr highlights the other night and i was like dang we really made that trade huh and like i understand that i'm gonna eat those words in like a month i fully expect that to happen but it's just so disappointing that that vooch has dropped off the way he has and I don't know. I mean, I hope, you know, Billy Donovan can help him get that confidence back, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's time to go back and look at, at how Kevin Love finally like came back into himself and see how long that took. So we know what to expect with Vooch, but it is very disheartening.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know what, this could be a get right game because this Brooklyn Nets team, they don't really have right now the, I think, front court advantage to, to stop a guy like Vooch. So maybe he feasts tonight and get some of that confidence back up. I want to ask you real quick. Is there a certain player or group of players that have really impressed you to start the season?
1: DeMar DeRozan. Hmm. Honestly, fully DeMar DeRozan. And I think like some of that extends to our bench as well. Like we really weren't expecting um, Io to be as good as he is, or at least I personally was not. I figured, you know, G League, whatever. And obviously a lot of that plays in with Kobe being injured. But number one is DeMar DeRozan. Um, I called myself out for this on Twitter the other day. I did not want DeMar DeRozan on the Bulls. I didn't mm. want it. Like, he he is aging. I didn't think he fit. Um, and I have just been so pleasantly wrong about that. I am so happy to have been wrong because I was not expecting him to be this good this late in his career. And playing with someone like Zach who has, like, a similar play style. So I will eat those words very happily. Um, I am so pleasantly surprised by him. And I, I just – I hope he keeps it up all season because this is exactly
0: what we needed. It is so awesome to see somebody that can create their own shot that isn't named Zach Levine. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's really refreshing because it's almost like that's what we wanted Laurie marketing to be and to actually see it. And it's a different position. I get it. But to see somebody that can create – you know, he creates – like old man style, he's creating in the mid range contested shots, and you're like, "Damn, this guy's just cold blooded." But it's nice to have that person that balances off Zach Levine, and and hopefully, once you get Vooch going, you might have something here where you have multiple options down the stretch in games.
1: Yeah, I hope so. Like, I I really think if we can get Vooch going, like that is going to be lethal because you can't double anybody at that point. You know, now you can kind of pull off a of Vucevic because you expect him to miss the shot anyway. Um, But you can't, you know, double DeMar DeRozan and leave Vooch open if he gets his shot hot again. Um, So, yeah, that's that's just straight up lethal. And obviously, like, we're still going to have to work to compete with like the Lakers teams, the Nets teams Hmm. and those kind of things. But that is going to be an absolutely lethal combination if he can get back to his old self.
0: Yeah. And one thing that I guess has kind of made me a little bummed with this collection of. Of guys is is not having Patrick Williams here you know that injury was so devastating because yeah he had some confidence issues to start but you, you were watching that game against New York and you saw him get it going when they were getting into their comeback and to see him get hurt and be out for pretty much the whole year here it's a little disheartening because I think he's a key component to getting all of this to work and it does leave a little bit of a void there at at the power forward spot
1: it hurts man like it it really does hurt I think like if we were gonna lose anybody and be really disappointed obviously number one would be Zach but I mean from an emotional standpoint like like Patty Williams was so core to our defense and also like we drafted him we all loved him last season like it, it really does hurt to lose him um because it felt like this season was kind of a, not a prove it for him, but definitely an, an improvement season for him. Um, we all wanted him to be more aggressive offensively, uh, but just just watching him get hurt and watching him lose and not have the chance to take that next step really does hurt quite a bit. Um, and obviously it hurts our defense on the court as well because he was so good at, at locking down those star players on the opposing team. So it hurts all over.
0: Yeah, I I wonder if we're going to see, I don't know if it's maybe before the deadline or around the deadline, if if this team is kind of where they're at right now, and they look like they're poised to be in that position where they can lock down a playoff spot without getting into the play-in tournament, I wonder if they're going to try to make a run for a veteran power forward, because I I think that's the one piece that's missing, a, a veteran power forward or a rim protector. Love Tony Bradley, but it would be nice to have one other rim protector on this team
1: yeah is there anyone specific you're thinking of uh not at all um no i'm I'm i literally can't think of anyone so yeah i'm the same way
0: well and like that's what i kind of want to see i guess in the next few weeks is like what kind of teams are starting to fall back a bit because i would love to see if there's a a potential to to nab a veteran at some point but yeah i feel like there's a lot that i like on this team in terms of fit like i love the second unit you know what they bring defensively. I love that there's a lot of these athletic, energetic guys. But rim protection, man, it's just if they get that, I think then they kind of have like a, a decent recipe where maybe they can string together a lot of wins to close out the year and, and get themselves in a in healthy healthy spot come playoff time.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's a big thing. Like we don't have a ton of size on the bench. Rim protection would be nice. Defense would be would be nice as well. Um, and just general size, because even when Kobe does come back, that's still a pretty small lineup.
0: Yeah. And you know, it would have been nice if, uh, and I I get it. They, they were trying to make a little bit of a run to end out the year last year, but you see how like Daniel Gafford did to close out the year in in Washington and, and how he's doing now. And that would have been a nice addition to have right now to have that coming off the bench, add some energy and, and room protection. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no i i honestly think like i don't know maybe we'll trade for him again let's do it i'm down for just like full madness and and bring him back and yeah he really did explode um i think part of that was just like his kind of revenge mentality especially being in the same locker room as chandler hutchinson who thought he had like the world on his shoulders to prove or something um, yeah. but daniel gafford would be perfect on that bench right now
0: mm-hmm. the you bring up the bench and There's a a good chance we could be seeing Kobe White pretty soon. Where there's been reports that he's getting healthier and he's starting to get back into practices again. Kobe White, I think, could add a whole other element to the bench because you know they've been good defensively, but this team needs a little bit of a scoring pop off the bench, and I think Kobe can do that. And heck, heck, we got a three point make and three point take problem on the Bulls, and I think when Kobe gets hot, he certainly is going to take plenty of threes. So. How are you feeling about potentially getting Kobe White back with this unit right now?
1: God, I miss Kobe White so much. Like, honestly, I, I just every game that I watch, I'm like, imagine this team with Kobe White. I, I really miss him. Like, Kobe White is a show in and of himself um, and is honestly like he can be an entire bench when we need him to. Hopefully we don't need him to. Um but on those nights, like when other people are struggling, Kobe White can be your entire bench, uh, offensively, not defensively. But it's just like, a, you know, I'm watching the 76ers game the other day. Korkmaz goes off for uh. 25, <laughs> 25. And our bench, as a, uh, our four players on the bench had 27. Their three players on the bench had 40. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, these are the nights when you really need Kobe. And, you know, potentially having Patrick Williams, if we did, then, you know, Javante Green slides over to the bench. Maybe that helps too. But just those are the nights that, that I think Kobe White is really going to feast and and just go off and be himself. And we really need that. Like, we need that little spark plug. Um, I just miss him, like, running around out there, pulling up for three out of nowhere. And he really is going to going to bring some three-point threat to that bench when he comes back. So hopefully soon. I know they said he was taking contact um two days ago one day ago something like that so it, it's time we need him back
0: yeah it, I can't wait to see him also in a role that he might be perfectly suited to play like some of the best stuff that Kobe White does is just when he's scoring in bunches and I feel like a roll off the bench where he can just be a, a spark plug combo guard is perfect for him and you know he gets to do that with with the team that the Bulls have right now and I wouldn't be surprised if Bulls are needing buckets in the fourth quarter that Kobe's closing games because he, he does give you that ability for sure.
1: That would be I didn't even think about like him closing. Um I know we have our like closing five lineup is is number one in point differential or something right now. So hmm. I mean imagine if you add Kobe to that, that's gonna be just absolutely insane.
0: Yeah, and like that's another thing to go back to DeMar DeRozan, another wrinkle he gives you is he can end up playing anywhere from like one to four on the floor. So like if you want to go small and you got Vooch in there to, you know, try to be the rim protector in, in most cases, like you you could throw Kobe White in and just say, let's go get buckets.
1: I think that's like another one of the big things is just the possibilities that he brings because mm-hmm. right now we still have options. You know, we have options where we can slide Derek Jones Jr. into like a couple different places. Um, DeMar can obviously slide around, but just having Kobe gives you so many more possibilities. Um, It just opens up so much more for this team. And I think right now some of the teams in the NBA are very surprised by what they're seeing in, with the Bulls, but come halfway through the season, teams are going to have us figured out by then. So if we have Kobe back at that point, then we can switch things up on them. We can make this whole little run again where people have to take time to like actually figure out how to defend us. So Just Mm -hmm. the things that he opens up for us are endless.
0: Yeah. And I'm one of those people too. I don't know if him being around is going to cut back on Ayu Dassumu's minutes. I have a feeling there still will be a place for him. He's Because he's shown you what he can do defensively. He is not afraid. And I wouldn't be surprised, man, if, if there's lineups where Billy throws him and Kobe out there at the same time. Like you want to talk about energy. That's a lot of energy right there.
1: Yeah. No, I like that. Like, like I said earlier, I really wasn't expecting IO to be ready now, but he looks pretty dang ready. I mean, still a rookie, you still see, you know, the occasional turnover and stuff like that, but he really looks ready. I would be very surprised if he ends up getting put down in the G League for a long period of time when Kobe comes back. I think they're going to be able to figure it out because I wouldn't sacrifice all of IO for, you know, for nothing basically. He can play with Kobe, they can figure that out. Um, I would be very surprised to see Billy Donovan put him down in the G League for a long period of time.
0: All right, so before we wrap up here, Katie, I want to just get one last thought from you. It, what do you want to see in these next few games we got going forward? Because again, the Bulls have Brooklyn tonight, and they still have some pretty tough opponents left. They're, they're in a, in the midst of this, like, slog part of the schedule you got dallas coming up the warriors coming up the clippers the lakers the blazers the nuggets the knicks right before thanksgiving so that's a lot of tough opponents what would you like to see from the bulls in that stretch
1: i really want to see no more 30 point deficits 20 30 points and then they come back you can do that against detroit against toronto because those teams are going to lay down and take it But when you're talking about a Brooklyn, a Dallas, those kind of teams, that's not going to fly. So I'm okay with losses because I think we all know that this is not like a championship season as much as we would like it to be. Um, I really just want to see them grow and develop as a group and learn that they cannot get down by 25 points and then just snap their fingers and come back against Brooklyn, Dallas, and LA and all those teams. Um, So that's what I'm going to be watching for personally is are they hanging with these teams the whole time or are they allowing themselves to get down 25 and just assuming that they're going to be able to come back in the end?
0: It's a really good thing that you want to see because part of that, if you have to expend all this energy and you're doing this over next seven games, you want to eventually manage the load a little bit. And I'm not saying like full load management, but you want to see these guys get some rest occasionally and not have to worry about using up a lot of energy and a lot of minutes to come back from these types of deficits. So I'm with you on that. I would like to see them hang in some of these games a little, a little bit better with, with their full complement. So um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to, to watch this team this season. And like we were talking about earlier, it's just fun to have good bulls basketball again.
1: It really is. It, it really is fun. I mean, we just had, you know, the first Chicago championship in like five years over the summer. And I think, yeah. um I think it's just nice to be able to continue the good feelings about it. It's just sure. really nice to be able to like have fun. So
0: let's end on that because I know you are a big Chicago Sky fan and I've had you on to talk about them in past episodes. So just what like thoughts on the season. How did you feel after that run?
1: I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm still like emotional about it. <laughs> Um, like I was lucky enough to be at the game when they clinched the championship and I cried for at least 20 minutes. Um, it's just so cool to see. I mean, I, like I worked for them as an intern years ago and I worked games where there was literally like, you know, a hundred fans there. Um, so just to see the city really like rally around them was the biggest thing for me. Um, but I just, I really hope that it's a lesson to like the other teams in this city as well, because they were 500 in the regular season and we all knew they could be more but they just weren't living up to that potential and then playoffs came they flipped that switch and it was it, that was it i mean they just mm-hmm. steamrolled over everyone so i just really hope that's a lesson to like the other teams in this city that you know the way they deal with adversity was really inspiring to see um, but just like greatness. I don't know. That's like the word that comes to mind when I think about it, just straight up greatness with Candace Parker. So mm-hmm. it, it was amazing. I'm still very emotional over it.
0: No, it was really fun to watch that run. And, you know, like we were talking about this earlier, when you get to experience the highs and lows and see something come together, it makes it extra sweeter. So I hope one day this, we can talk about maybe another Sky Championship and then We can look back at this and say man do you remember we were talking about Vucha's struggles and we were talking about all the crappy basketball and how it all culminated to that moment so that's the fun thing about sports right you get to experience the highs and the lows and hopefully a title
1: yeah i mean hopefully we're gonna have a bulls parade in in the next five ten years that might be a bold prediction but i'm saying five ten years i would like a bulls championship parade um, if it does happen though, I think you're gonna have to change the name of the pod. It's gonna have to be like Rebuiltables or something like that. And it's gonna come completely full circle at that point.
0: Yeah, you know, that's a that's rebranding effort that I gotta take on with my team here, with uh, my team of one. And we gotta pour over new images, new color schemes come up with titles
1: whole whole thing yeah you gotta match the new team vibes yeah
0: and it's gonna have to it's gonna be countless hours of research too so once i have that then i will have this rebranded but it it, no joke katie that's one thing that i always think about is what the hell happens when they win like (laughs) what do i do with the title of this podcast i'll come up with something i'll wing it
1: You'll figure it out. Yeah, you got some time to figure it out.
0: That's true. Katie, always a pleasure to have you on and definitely have you on in the near future.
1: Thanks. I'll see you guys again soon.
0: Thank you for listening to the Rebuildable Podcast. Be sure to check us out and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever else you stream your podcasts.